Hello there. It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, before we get started, we just want to give a little shout out to Matt Lanter. Apparently, he's still in the hospital after having emergency surgery earlier this week or last week. And we just want to say, get well soon, Matt. We're sending you lots of love and good vibes. Absolutely. All of the positive energy that I can muster, I'm sending your way, Sky Guy. Yeah. (laughs) Get well soon. And also, spoiler alert again. Major spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're diving into the second episode of the Mortis arc, which is called Altar of Mortis. So again, if you haven't watched this arc, if you haven't watched this episode, go on over to Clone Wars and give it a watch. Also, if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, Mm -hmm. start there before jumping into this episode so that you kind of are oriented. Yes, we we have a whole checklist of how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) all great advice if you ask me (laughs) make it easier on everybody (laughs) yes so right back into the crazy altar of mortis okay so one thing i we totally didn't mention in the last episode and something that i i kind of feel stupid for not having noticed it until like right today that mortis is the word for death in latin oh what i didn't know this yeah I mean, it's not like I go around speaking Latin all the time or reading it, so... No, but that makes sense. Either. However, it kind of goes against the rebirth theme that we were talking about last week, so... Yeah. What does it all mean? <laughs> I know, and, like, if you go there, does it mean you're dead for a while? Because, like, there's no sense of time passing. And we did talk about that light at the end of the tunnel that they kind of... Yeah. They, they pass out. In. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very odd. So I thought that was kind of... Kind of interesting. This is technically <laughs> called the altar of death, then. Yeah. That's fucked up. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole episode is kind of fucked up. <laughs> Seriously, this is a weird, dark, spooky episode that's got all sorts of, like, I just have a lot of question marks in all my notes. Me too. A lot of questions. I, I have up. a lot of quotes because I'm not sure if what I wrote is is like the proper way to analyze it and i also have a lot of questions most of it pertaining to the second half of the episode but we'll get to that (laughs) so in this episode it basically kind of starts off with right where the last episode leaves off they're taking off in their shuttle they're planning to leave and fly away and apparently anakin is napping in the back well it was a lot for him Yeah. yeah. A lot was placed on his shoulders, you know, so the boy needed a nap. (laughs) Yeah. Just really quick overview. It's like Anakin has a vision. The sun takes Ahsoka, turns her to the dark side, and Anakin and Obi-Wan have to rescue her. That's like the main plot of the whole episode. But like right from the get-go, from Anakin's dream that he has while napping. (laughs) Yes. It's crazy. Well, I I noticed that the sun speaks to Anakin in the way that Anakin or Darth Vader eventually speaks to Luke in Empire Strikes Back. I thought there was a lot of parallel yeah. to those two, like, you know, together we can do this. If you just come with me, we can take over, you know, that kind of tone. And I thought it was very reminiscent of, you know, 
come with me, son. You know, that yeah. that stuff. That's interesting. I didn't even make that connection because I was so focused on how the son also sounds a lot like the emperor. Well, that's because it's, um, it's, it's, uh, what's his name? God, now I can't Sam, think of his Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth can yeah. do all the voices. So sometimes I feel like he slips almost. Well, he said that in this, it was a deliberate choice oh, by oh. Filoni. Oh. So they said in general, Clone Wars did not want to do any kind of like callbacks to the original trilogy or the prequels. They wanted it to have like its own tone and dialogue but they said they very specifically told him to say things like my Mm. friend and Mm -hmm. um i forget what the other phrase was but they said say it like the emperor because the sun and on mortis is supposed to be like the embodiment of the dark side in the past the present and the future so he's like which is is all creating it (laughs) yeah it's like you're not really sure if that evil is being created through Mortis or if the the sun on Mortis can just feel everything that's happening in the galaxy. So it's kind of like supposed to be a mirror, which I thought was really interesting. Do you think that Sidious slash Palpatine actually knew that this was going on? Or do you think he was... Did I have I asked this question yet? I, don't I feel like I've asked have. it to myself a thousand times, but he knows everything that's going on. Do you think he was totally cut off from this or do you think he's a little bit tied into what the sun is or does good question i would guess that he doesn't know because if he did he would try to use it absolutely that's my guess i mean the father says that they go to mortis and seclude themselves because the sith and others were trying to take advantage of their power so for all we know that was a reference to sidious it's true i guess maybe he does because in clone wars there's the mirror clone wars rebels there's the mural. Yes. The Ezra finds. And the Empire is there too. Like there's. Yep. Yeah, they're trying to get into it somehow. Yeah, so he must know. That also raises the question does he know about the world between worlds? Listen, I just default to the answer that Palpatine knows everything that's going on because there's no <laughs> way he could have done what he's done to the galaxy for that long, that consistently, without having an iron in every single fire. That's a good point. Yeah, that's really. But that's true. also a, an easy cop out. <laughs> For the time being, I bet he didn't know, but I bet he found out somehow. I'm sure he found out. Yeah, I would say at the point of Clone Wars, I would guess he doesn't know, but maybe even Anakin told him because, you know, maybe Anakin so. That's, trusted yeah. him too much. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, anyhow, it was it was cool that Sam Witwer did that and that they told him to do that and he can do anything. He could sound so much like the Emperor, it's disturbing. It is crazy because we, we <laughs> heard that in his re- his reading of the short stories. How yeah. much he sounded like the Emperor. It's crazy. He did a really good job. <laughs> he's pretty much just good in everything he he's in. So. Did you did you also notice that Anakin says he'll never turn to the dark side willingly? Yeah. The word willingly caught me. Yeah. Yeah, willingly. like he was still conceding that it was possible. Yeah. Against his will. But ultimately it was his It choice. was his will. I found that very interesting. It was it it was purposeful wording. Yeah. Well, something that I was thinking about, too, is when the sun first appears to Anakin as Anakin, and he, like, rises up oh, out yes, of the yes. water. Yes. And water oftentimes represents subconscious. Mm-hmm. So I was looking up stuff about the subconscious, and it says that the subconscious basically takes up 90 to, like, 99.5% of our mind, and mm-hmm. the rest is the conscious mind. And, like, the subconscious is it controls like body systems and all of that but it also is responsible for intuition 
mm-hmm. imagination, intuition. I'm reading like a list here. It says beliefs, emotions, habits, values, protective reactions, long-term memory, imagination, and intuition. So maybe even deep down, Anakin had some sort of intuition about himself, like deeper fears that weren't even in his conscious yes. mind about his nature or about I'm his... Sure. Like, it's always boiling under the surface. It's It was just a matter of when it was going to come to the surface and how Yeah. with Anakin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unfortunately. But that's that's his role in the galaxy. So yeah. Also, water is cleansing. Mm-hmm. And yet there's all this nasty, dirty darkness about Anakin that emerges from the water. Yeah, it's like what you can see on the top and the surface is one thing. But what's below the surface that comes to the surface yeah. is a whole other thing. And this is just more like a literal sense of it with him appearing out of the water like that. Yeah. It's like a very deliberate choice. As we've said in the past, it's animation. So they could have it. They can do whatever they want. Anything. Yeah. (laughs) That was a very obvious, like, specific choice. And I kind of wondered, and I couldn't really hear too well. I kept rewinding and I couldn't, like, get a good grasp on it. But it kind of sounded like they were blending Whitwer and Lanter's voice. Ooh, that would be cool if they did that. For just a little bit until the sun appears as the sun and then it, like, became completely Sam Whitwer. But. I thought that was kind of like, that would be an interesting technique because Anakin's blending with this side of himself that he doesn't really want to admit. Yeah. And then we see the, basically the fruition of that in the next episode that we'll talk about next week. But yeah, holy cow. I mean, there's a lot. (laughs) And then we have, you know, Obi-Wan, if you're done napping, you know, the the (laughs) sass master, Anakin's all distraught. He's such a bitch about it. I know. I know. It's like. Well, Obi-Wan never gets to rest, and he's bitter. That's what I was... I even wrote this down. I was like, we see Ahsoka take a nap yep. and try to sleep. We see Anakin try to... We never, never. see Obi-Wan sleep, except nope. in one of those, like, incomplete episodes he sleeps or tries to. But, like, I don't count that. Let <laughs> the man rest, please. <laughs> Obi-Wan needs a nap, for he God's does. sakes. <laughs> he does. Maybe we'll actually see him nap. In the series, that's all because he's gonna—he's gonna have a lot of time to do that. So it's gonna—the Kenobi series is one long, one nap. long nap. <laughs> I'd be okay with it, honestly, because he deserves it. Too. Yeah, it would be very like, what is it? Is it ASRM? Is that what it's called? What ASMR. ASMR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gets up, makes tea, naps. You hear the dust kind of move around and scratch yeah. against the the cave or wherever he lives. And then, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cave, sweet cave. It would get so many uh, hits on YouTube. <laughs> ASMR videos are hella popular. Um, okay, so he wakes up. Obi-Wan gives him some sass. And then the sun appears in the ship with yes. Ahsoka. Yes. And just swiftly runs off with her. Swoops out. Yep. And so the piloting afterwards, I loved. Anakin, mm-hmm. like, bobbing and weaving, basically. But the look that Obi-Wan gives him, like, what the fuck are you... Yeah. Anakin, like, he doesn't say anything. It's just the look of, like, a parent who's this close to taking the wheel themselves. Yeah, he's like, you're out of control. Yeah, are you, are you crazy? (laughs) Like, it's that look. Well, and then there's that moment, too, where, I don't know, evil Tower of Doom appears out of nowhere (laughs) with the, 
<laughs> the green, like poisonous looking green yes. crystal at the top, whatever. Anakin gets almost like mesmerized for a second. He just hesitates long enough for Obi-Wan to be like, all right, I'm taking the wheel. And yeah. like Obi-Wan's the one who swerves them around. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I didn't think you saw it. Right. You weren't doing anything. Right. Why was Anakin like hypnotized for a second? I don't know. Again, I don't know. questions without answers. That's how this whole episode is. Yeah. My major questions with this episode deal with when Obi-Wan goes to the sister or the daughter, whatever. So <laughs> the daughter takes him to some other place where this there's this mysterious blade. Mm-hmm. Like, what is all of that? Why do all these mystical creatures have a mystical blade? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, even Ray in the sequel trilogy had a mystical blade in The Rise of Skywalker. Like, wh- what are these mystical blades? <laughs> this one in particular, I have so many questions about it, right? Because she takes him to the altar. That's the altar of Mortis, I guess, where this this dagger is. Why is it there? Um, first, like, why can't she go there? She said she can go no further. So that implies that, like, it's kind of like Sword in the Stone, right? It's like yes. only the worthy, only the the most pure can go and retrieve the blade. But then like nothing happens with it. She says that the blade is the thing, like whoever wields the blade can control the brother. And that doesn't prove to be true at no, all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't prove to be true. And that's, I have this written four times on my paper here. Like maybe I need to rewatch the third episode, which I'm going to. Because it escapes my memory. Maybe there's more in the third episode. But like we see in this episode that the brother, the son, ends up taking it anyway. So yeah, takes it very easily and then is so, like, well, this is mine. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> I mean, they do in the next episode, they use it. Mm-hmm. But it's still not in the way that they say. It, it yeah. does like they use it to return balance, but it's not used to control the sun. No, not at all. And it's I don't want to jump ahead, but it's not actually the tool that does return balance it's something else that doesn't mm-hmm. so the whole point of it feels very lost on me because obi-wan gets gets to retrieve it like the sword in the stone and yeah. then like it appears in his hand once he holds the hilt because it's not visible until he's holding it then he takes it out later when he and anakin are fighting ahsoka and again it like appears and anakin's like what is that yeah yeah and he literally doesn't do anything but accidentally throw it to Ahsoka. First of all, <laughs> what the throwing fuck? it? You literally know, right? are a force user on a force planet surrounded by other force users. Just <laughs> glide it with purpose towards your target. Don't just fling it. You know the bad guy's always going to get it if you fling it. They're always going to every time. I mean, I understand we're probably going like way too deep with a with an animated show here, but like never fling it. Don't just toss it. Seriously, just walk up to Anakin and give it to him for God's sakes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just like what was the point? I it, don't. It, they know. made it. They gave it all this like pomp and circumstance and like made it seem like it was gonna be fucking awesome. It's like what if Obi Wan like fights with that thing? Yeah, I know. He... Which would have been cool. I know, right? How fucking cool would that be? <laughs> Because he's like, he's the embodiment of light, right? Yes. Ahsoka's in the middle. Anakin is in risk. Mm Obi-Wan is like not even remotely tempted. Mm -mm. Why is it there if it's not to be used? I don't understand. (laughs) I don't know. And if if we're talking about the light, I know that the daughter embodies... Well, doesn't she have a little dark in her? And the brother has a little light in her, in him? Mm -hmm. So like, why couldn't she just take it? 
She's literally the force embodiment of the light, allegedly. Maybe because, like, she could not be the one to break the balance. Oh, and she couldn't kill her own brother anyway. She didn't want him to die. When the brother kills her, it's agonizing for him because he really does love her. Yeah, and she, the daughter says as she's dying by the hands of her brother, she says, do not hate him. It is in his nature, which I find incredibly sad. And yet, obviously, she loves him. Yeah. But it's like, a, it's another kind of like Christianity reference, yeah, right? Because yeah, doesn't, yeah. when Jesus is dying on the cross, doesn't he say, do not condemn them. They don't know what they're doing. Something like that. They know not what they do. Yes. When I was going to ask you too, because you might know this better than me. The father has wings all of a sudden. Oh, I don't, like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, is that a religious thing? Like, is that the archangel or like? Every entity has wings, including... The fallen angels, all horses, uh, gargoyles, bat wings, right? Yeah. So like good and light, light, we'll say light and dark both have wings in symbolism. Okay, so I have a, I have a question. Oh, yes. When they crash land, right? They're they're trying to chase the brother to get Ahsoka, and Anakin crashes mm-hmm. the ship. Of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> another happy landing. The crashes always look so good on this show. They're so I know, they really do. Anakin wants to go and find Ahsoka. Like, he's very adamant. And Obi-Wan is like, we should talk to the father. Yeah, he wants to try and curb the emotions that are coming up in Anakin. And I have this written down, too. Anakin's emotions bubble up, and Obi-Wan's trying to, like, calm down. We gotta think about this. We gotta talk this out with the father. But Anakin clearly loves Ahsoka. Why is he suddenly trusting the father? He hasn't proven to be a trustworthy person. That's a good point. He's proven to be a very self-serving person in the sense that he's trying to manipulate everybody to stay and take up the responsibility that he is going to leave behind when he dies. It's not Mm -hmm. that like, he seems not necessarily duplicitous, but he seems to be withholding information. So I don't really understand why Obi-Wan all of a sudden is like, we should talk to the father. He's going to help us figure this out. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was a last ditch attempt at trying to get Anakin to stop Anakin at all costs from going in there guns blazing, so to speak. Yeah. Because he knows that leads to no good. I don't know, though. But I do love that Anakin loves Ahsoka so much. I mean, I know it's very, very more intense, I would say, in this episode than any other besides maybe the the last one where Ahsoka leaves. But it's so interesting because Anakin is very much led by his emotions in this episode. And Obi-Wan is very neutral. He barely does anything. He's mostly standing around and like observing Mm-hmm. And taking no action unless he has to. Well, maybe that was his way of not taking action. Let's just leave it to the father. Let's not go yeah. in there ourselves. Let's leave it to the father. Let's not get involved. What's interesting to me is when they show Ahsoka, t- like, kind of chained up. Mm-hmm. And it's this little creature, which is very yeah. cute. Questionable, but cute. Yeah. And it says to her, chains are the easy part. It's what goes on in here. And he points to his head. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's fucking brilliant. Physical chains are one thing, but what goes on in your mind binds you more than the physicalness of what may or may not control you. Yeah. That's terrible. And then he says, you must forget your master. So again, we're seeing another repetition of 
kind of what she had appear to her in in the cave in the previous episode all these questions about her master and yeah. like her chains are in her mind possibly in her heart when it comes to her master which if you think about ahsoka's path through rebels through mandalorian you know what we know that's crazy she had to break through those and she did eventually but yeah. holy shit that's deep and it came from a little tiny creature who eventually turned into the the sun because he's a master manipulator but I thought the use of a meek and kind of, you know, you kind of feel bad for it because you don't know yeah, why you so... Yeah, pitiable creature. Yeah, and it's saying like, oh, chains are the easy part. What goes on in your mind that, you know, is really bad? And it's like, fuck yeah, it is, dude. I felt that on a personal level, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but I, th- I thought that was really good. I thought that was a great line. It's really good. It's interesting because it ties into something that I have like some notes on at the end about how the daughter uses like gives her life force to Ahsoka. Mhm. And it makes me wonder it's like they say in that moment the balance has been broken because the daughter has been killed. Mm-hmm. But then she gives her life to Ahsoka. So is Ahsoka the return of balance? Yes. In this sense, yes. When you think about her life like from this point forward into the Clone Wars and Rebels and beyond, did the daughter give her some sort of balance that she wouldn't have had otherwise? That's a very interesting question. Yes, perhaps. Because the little bird, the Morai, right, that yeah. flies with her is essentially the spirit, right? The Like a physical representation right. of the daughter that follows her. Mm-hmm. Kind of stays with her for life. I I really love that the bird, the presence of the sister throughout Ana- uh, Anakin, Ahsoka's life, and the fact that what you said, she gave her balance. That that's a re- I really like that. I never thought of it that way, to be honest. It makes me wonder if it's like if she's become immortal in some sense, or even not if if not even immortal, but like living long beyond she would regularly live. And if you think about it, Anakin is the one who restores the balance because it's not actually the father. He uses Mm -hmm. Anakin as a conduit, basically, to take the life, the draining life out of the daughter and put it into Ahsoka, who's dead, and, like, re-energize her. And how simple is it when they just hug each other and it's like, oh, what happened? Uh, You know, I would be like, Ahsoka, thank God you're alive! But it's just like this, hey, welcome back, Snips. The the Jedis are so, they're so fucking repressed that, like, a (laughs) hug is really deeply meaningful. And of course, like Obi Wan's happy, but he still takes a step back, and he's still he's not hugging anybody. Standing off to the fucking yeah. side, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Just hands her as her lightsaber. That's it. Business as usual, you know. While yeah. the tree and the whole planet is like dissolving around behind them in the background, no biggie. Can we go back to Ahsoka turning evil, turning yes, dark? Please. Because mm-hmm. first of all, her imagery is amazing. How they kind of had her had have like cracked skin. Yeah, it's almost like you can see all her, like, veins. Yeah. She looks like a corpse. It's crazy. And she talks like a a rag doll, like like a puppet, like a marionette of some kind. It's very interesting, the choice they made to give her that kind of animation. Mm -hmm. It's very creepy. It's like the creepiest doll you can imagine that talks, like, think Twilight Zone. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm going way back here, but I love me some Twilight Zone. But think of like the creepy dolls that kind of like stiffly turn their head and like look at you and cock their head. That's how she acts. And I love it. It's great. It's so disturbing. So unsettling. And can we just for a second talk about how she was bitten? Right. 
That's how all of this started. The prison creature, which is officially what it's called. Oh, it's called the prison creature, aka the sun. Who's also voiced by Witwer, which is Of course, crazy. of course. Bites her in the arm and she turns evil, which is insane. Is that the only way they could get Ahsoka to turn evil? I think it is. By physical venomous biting. Is there, is this done anywhere else in any of Star Wars? Can you be bitten? If so, Sidious would have done it a long time ago, don't you think? (laughs) He would have bit Anakin long before. It's very vampire. It would have just fast forwarded things along just a little bit. (laughs) So can the daughter bite people and turn them good? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not a question I ever thought would be asked about Star Wars. You asked it first, I think, because we were talking about... True. We see Ahsoka turn, and we see Anakin turn, and we never see Obi-Wan turn. And you were like, what if the daughter bit Obi-Wan? And I was like, I will pay money to see I that mean, happen. <laughs> I would pay money to have Obi-Wan bite me. <laughs> The things she brings up to Anakin, are you proud of me? Do you trust me? Do you believe in me? All the questions that were asked, basically those doubts that she has came out. But I can't tell, I can't tell if it's the sun acting through her or if this is on her own accord, because it could go either way. It really could. Because she wakes up and doesn't have any memory of this, which makes me think that he bit her to like get a piece of himself inside to mimic, to like use her as a puppet with his yeah. own, with a piece of himself, I guess. When he calls her Snips and she says, I hate when you call I me that. I hate when you call me that. Yeah. Which is not true. Because well, he keeps doing it even yeah. after this experience. Because he remembers what happens even if yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. And also, I thought it was kind of interesting where he finds her in the, you know, outside when her back is turned and he walks into the Yeah, it's like a courtyard. courtyard. It looks like the Jedi Temple Courtyard with the forest tree. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Yes. Yeah. Just if it had been evil and run by the Sith, which it had been <laughs> years right. years before the Jedi. Jesus. After all this, Anakin and Ahsoka actually fight. Obviously, Anakin doesn't want to fight her. He's kind of backing away from her. Like, come to your senses, Ahsoka. Like, you don't have to do this. But she's on the offense and just going to town. Yeah, he's being very, very defensive to try not to harm her. And I thought it was very reminiscent to when they meet in Rebels as Darth Vader versus Ahsoka. If you Mm. watch the scene with that in mind, it's kind of similar. Except the roles are just a smidge reversed. (laughs) Like how interesting. Yeah. I mean Ahsoka's I want to still, rewatch that now. Well, Ahsoka's in the def- is in the offense mode even in Rebels. Anakin's not in defense mode in Rebels either cuz he's Darth Vader and they're actively fighting one another, but there is a lot of double blade cross. Go back and watch it. It's it's uh I wonder when they did Rebels if they thought of this. I bet I knowing them, I I bet they did, knowing that it was Filoni. Filoni's a genius. He doesn't forget anything. And he knows how they're fighting styles. So they wouldn't yeah. change that much, even if Darth Vader had like mechanical arms and limited mobility, you know, because of yeah. the mechanics of his body now. it It's very similar. And I thought, oh man, I love this. I love this. It's so interesting. <laughs> it sucks though. It hurts. I know. It hurts it's real pain, bad. Like, Star Wars is pain. Star Wars. I just had to tell my mom this morning. She was trying to ask me about... Um, Mandalorian questions and I said remember mother Star Wars is pain it is pain 
Yes. You're never going to get a happy answer about any of this because Star Wars is pain. (laughs) And even if you get a happy moment, there will be something to undo that happiness later. (laughs) Always. Always. I noticed, too, that when Ahsoka pulls out her second blade, like her Mm -hmm. Shoto blade, the first move she does where she, like, rolls over Anakin's back is what Obi-Wan does when he's fighting Jarkai. It's like one of the moves he does against Maul and Savage when he's using two lightsaber blades. You would notice that. You are the master at this stuff. So at least we know they're consistent in fighting styles. I'm desperately obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) No such thing. No such. I'm pointing my finger at you. No such thing. (laughs) I gave you the scolding mother finger. You Mm -mm. did. (laughs) But for good reason. Because... I love your expertise in the fighting styles because I'm not well-versed in it, but it's a beautiful thing when you see it. I need to get a life. (laughs) Girl, we have a podcast about Star Wars. You don't need a life. We got one. (laughs) This is my life, (laughs) This is it. (laughs) Can I also just say two things? One, who the hell was the mother of these kids? Great question. Who the hell is their mother? And where did she go? Right. Why is there balance without her? Is it Shmi Skywalker? <laughs> Somebody told me it was, there was a theory that I guess has been disproven, but that it was Mother Talzin. What the fuck? Yeah, I was like, that's, that is crazy. Wait, I actually love that. How twisted would that be? That she rejected, like, going to Mortis and just stayed on, you know, as a human deity, whatever yeah. she is. And yeah. just, I kind of like this. Well, they said because because their voices are, like, affected the same way. Like, when Mother Talzin talks, she has that, like, creepy demon voice behind yes, her. And, like, the layered. father has has the same thing. It's And they both have the same noses. Maybe they're just related. <laughs> they're that part of your family you're, like, kind of embarrassed. <laughs> Fuck. This family is just awful. Can you imagine Thanksgiving with these three? Did they use that... Magical sword to slice the turkey? Is that why they had to put it away? Was there a dinner table incident that no one wants to talk about? (laughs) Filoni, we need answers. My God. The bickering between them. It's like they're fighting by like changing into gargoyles and screaming at each other and throwing each other through windows. It's like, wow. And they love each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a sign of affection in that household. It's terrible. It's terrible, but interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This episode is so creepy, and I have so many questions, and yet, here we are. Not a single one answered, but that's okay. I'm all right with that. I do want to say, Anakin utters three words that really broke my heart at the end of the episode, towards the end. I know exactly the ones you're going to say. There's always hope. Yeah. It's sad. It's terribly sad. It's like Luke. It made me think of Luke. Yeah, like it is the Luke. way he says it, like his voice kind of breaks a little bit. It is just so well performed. It is. So gut wrenching. Matt Lanter, we love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, Seriously. get well soon. Yeah, it's Luke. It's a hint at Luke and Leia. Let's not leave out Leia because, damn, she was yeah. the hope of the rebellion for how many decades? Yeah, seriously, my God. I mean, his kids, Anakin and Padme's kids were the embodiment of hope for generations, basically, even after they died. So yeah, that was a, that was that one hurt. That one hurt to hear him say it because he loses literally all hope until Luke comes. Yeah. 
That is the beautiful part of Star Wars. It's painful, but it's beautiful and it's great storytelling. And we're not even to the next episode, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> I know. The next episode is even more insane and way more painful. The next episode is my favorite. It's what turned the tides for me in Clone Wars. And it's the episode that I had to rewatch several times over before I could finally breathe again. Like I literally had my breath suspended in my chest watching this, what we're going to talk about next week. And look at all that we've discussed already. I mean, it's crazy. These episodes are brilliant. I know. And they just escalate one on another. It's, I mean, I feel like with this one, I come away with way more questions Mm -hmm. than answers. Even though it seems like there's some inconsistencies or maybe there's like scenes that they had to cut that would help things make a little bit more sense. That's always possible. It's still good because even though we don't have answers to the questions, they're the kind of like open-ended questions that are, they drive you a little crazy, but it's still like fun to ask these questions and think about it. That's why we decided to do this arc in pieces because they give you enough space to think on your own and dream on your own and theorize on your own. And yet- there's got to be there's got to be people out there that have completely different viewpoints than we do, which is the most amazing yeah. part of it all. If you can tell a cohesive story and still leave room for people to think and, you know, come up with their own theories, that's the most fun. That's the most fun part of all of this. And I'm so glad we have this platform to do it with. <laughs> like, <laughs> to share all this nonsense with everybody. <laughs> I know to put our feelings somewhere. <laughs> yes, because we have a lot. <laughs> I know, I feel like we could do a podcast just called Star Wars Feelings. <laughs> do you have anything else? Because I, I, those are all my notes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. The only other thing that uh, like really caught my attention was that like Ahsoka is resurrected under like the Tree of Life, basically. Oh, no shit. I didn't even notice that. It's under that dying forestry. And I love the Tree of Life. I do, too. That's a symbol that I've always felt very attached to you know it's like so above is below and like yes. the circle of life basically which is the entire mortis is that cycle yes like embodied on a 24-hour cycle or whatever the I, I don't know if it's 24 hours on mortis but you know what i mean like a full day is a life cycle you know what i just thought of you said altar of mortis so there is the physical altar of mortis that this the daughter takes obi-wan down to but in this episode could it actually mean the altar of where Anakin, oh, well, where Anakin kind of resuscitates Ahsoka from the sister. Mm-hmm. Like, the, could that be the new altar of more? Because, like, it seems like an altar, almost. Yeah, They're both laying sure. there, you know? It's yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, I definitely would think so. Yeah. Well, and, like, if you think of it as the altar of death, because Mortis means death, like, Ahsoka is there dead, and she's resurrected through the sister. Yeah, I would say that'd be an altar. Well, and not only that, <laughs> but she dies the, the daughter dies there by the blade that her brother sticks in her. The same blade that Obi-Wan just flings carelessly. I'm calling him out. I don't care. He flings yeah, it's it. it's really, it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> definitely his fault. <laughs> don't lay another heaviness on that man's shoulders. He doesn't even get to nap. He doesn't seem, he doesn't get to nap. He doesn't seem that bothered by it, honestly. He's just once again standing there like, ooh, some... Something's happening. I'm just not going to touch it. <laughs> yeah, I. he had the most sensible course of action throughout the entire trilogy here. I think he understood more than anybody that he says right at the beginning, whatever we do here could have repercussions everywhere. We need to be way more careful about what we're doing. But mm-hmm. no one listens to him as usual. No, no. <laughs> and this is what happens. This is why we can't have nice things because we don't yeah, listen right. to Obi-Wan. <laughs> 
I love that meme that's like a summary of all this, the prequel movies. And it's just Obi-Wan screaming, Anakin, no. Yeah, Anakin, no. <laughs> it's true, though. I, I mean, not a lie it's detected. Really <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our listener question this week. Just tell us what you think is up with that blade. <laughs> yeah. Why is it down there? Yeah. Why is it in this altar? Why can't the daughter touch it? Why does Obi-Wan grab it? And then why doesn't it do anything? <laughs> yes. Tell us your blade theories, please. Yes. And that includes you, Filoni. <laughs> yes. If you're listening, please. We need some answers. Well, come back next week because we're going to wrap this three-part series up with the third and final episode of the Mortis arc titled Ghosts of Mortis. And this is basically the pinnacle. This is the climax. This is it. There's some crazy shit that goes down. It's great. It is top tier storytelling. So come back next week. We'll, we will dissect it and probably have more questions. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And if you would be so kind... Go ahead and rate us on Spotify and Apple. Thank you. And you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com, our very lovely website. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.